Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio. Woohoo! Speak the Truth. Shauna, how are you doing? Good. Good, good. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we just got off of a vacation. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Yep. Utah was beautiful. Mm. Yeah. With tubing down the Provo River, had some crisis, had some mountains. It was a beautiful trip. <laughs> yes, there was one time actually in the river. We didn't tell Jeremy this earlier to where it's it's the end of the tube ride, and we're <laughs> we're supposed to exit the tubes, and everybody's standing around just watching people exit the tubes, and you're wondering why and I took why out my wife. why are people Uh-oh. watching this? I don't understand. Well, come to find out, I know now. Because the river's going so fast, it's like, oh, you got to stand up. You got to exit, right? The the Uh-oh. tube, get up. So, okay, that's what I do, right? Not my husband, though, on the other hand, Michael did not. So here I stand up <laughs> to get off my tube, and he's like, la, 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 and just completely runs right over me. No. So you're floating the river on top of me. And then I have to get up to catch myself yeah. to then get you off the tube. You became a rock underneath yeah. me. And I'm like, anybody use it's crazy because I like look at you. You're here here you are, this huge muscular type of guy. And I'm trying and I'm trying to catch you off the tube and stuff. And so now I'm like, okay, that's why people are watching because this is funny. Well, what was helpful is we were tethered. We had a string. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And much wow. good did that do. Yeah. I'm like trying to paddle us and and steer us in the river, and Michael's just like do to do to do and taking pictures of the <laughs> mountains and oh, there's wild horses, and I'm like, will you help me, please? Was that a country song reference? What wild horses? <laughs> 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 oh gosh, it was. No, Utah though was was really pretty. Um, all jokes aside, it was it was really pretty. I love the mountains and the rivers and stuff. Yeah, so for our listeners out there, if you have not been to Utah, mm-hmm. uh, it is a beautiful place. Um, well, evangelistically speaking, there was, uh, I mean, Mormon churches literally in mm-hmm. every town. didn't matter if there was 20 people in that town, there was a temple there. Yeah. And there wasn't very many uh, Christian churches. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But aside from that, uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, most of the people were pretty friendly for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, it's just beautiful. But uh, we prob- definitely stood out. Right? Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like, where are y'all from? Texas. Yeah, yeah we were in Park yeah. City, and, and uh, my mother-in-law is, like, scraping the plates and putting everything together. Oh. And the lady just had to, like, where, where are y'all from? In other <laughs> the words, they don't do this stuff in Park <laughs> yeah. City. Yeah. Because you're paying, like, $20 for, like, a piece of French toast. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and so- my kids are like, quit telling people good morning. It's so embarrassing. Like, you're, you're like you're too nice. <laughs> you're like, Texas. you're so awkward. And we're like, well, it's like, what? We're bringing How Texas y'all doing? To- <laughs> good morning. Yeah, we don't do that here. I guess. So, it was fun, That's though. Awesome. the coffee yeah. bar. Yeah. yeah. No, it was it was good. It was cool. Um, so anyway, not to waste any more time, but in this episode, we wanted to talk about a topic that uh, we've gotten some feedback on and, and asked specifically if we yeah, would address. Yeah, actually, one of our listeners reached out and said, what is self-forgiveness? Yeah, what is self-forgiveness? And the, the real question is, can you forgive mm-hmm. yourself? I mean, what, what does that even mean? Uh, that That is a, a phrase and statement uh, that is used quite a bit in our culture, I know, even uh, before, you know, getting into the full-time pastorate, uh, just working in corporate America and just being involved in conversations, which it was typically centered around relationships. I'd be like, oh, you know, until you forgive yourself, you won't be able to move forward with her. 
mm-hmm. you know, those type of things yes. where there's this, there's this whole perception and like, you've got the power and ability to somehow forgive yourself. Um, and as we'll talk about it, it goes beyond this idea of it, you technically can't forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that more later, but just that idea and that there's something more behind it. And that's what we want to get into. But in preparing for uh, this discussion and just talking about self-forgiveness, uh, we came across, um, uh, ask pastor John, John Piper from desiringgod.org. We came across uh, just a six minute uh, clip where somebody had asked a, a similar question uh, with more uh, in the context of like, they can't find a scripture verse to back this up. So pastor John, uh, speaks to this, and we just wanted to, to listen to it together uh, in this episode and just kind of speak to it. And then we've got an article from uh, the Gospel Coalition where there was a similar question asked, and uh, Robert D. Jones gets into, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy, isn't he a, a professor at South, is it South, Southern or Southeastern? So- Southern. Southern. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so um, anyway, we uh, we wanted to hit a couple of things in this episode uh, because it, it it is a prevalent, uh, prevalent statement in our culture is this idea of self-forgiveness. So uh, we'll go ahead and play this six-minute clip, and then um, outside of what Pastor John speaks to, we'll, we'll contribute uh, a little bit to that discussion, and then we'll transition over to the article. So, Eric writes in to ask this, Pastor John, I've heard many times how we are to forgive ourselves but I can't find a biblical text to back this statement up. Where are people getting this idea of forgiving ourselves from? Well, I share Eric's perplexity about the language of self-forgiveness. I've never preached that anybody should forgive themselves. At least I don't remember ever saying it. And I've never used it as a way of dealing with my own self-hatred or condemnation or, or, or whatever that it's supposed to deal with. And the reason is mainly, I don't think it's in the Bible. And the reason I don't think it's in the Bible is that I think it would be intrinsically confusing about the nature of forgiveness if it were. Um, Maybe the reason the Bible doesn't think in these categories of self-forgiveness is that to have forgiveness, you need a person who has been wronged and a person who did the wrong. So, I insult you, you are insulted, now apologies and forgiveness can happen. I can say to you, a different person, I'm sorry. And you can say to me, a different person, I forgive you. But when we talk about forgiving ourselves, who's the one doing the wrong and being wronged? Ordinarily, when someone talks about forgiving himself, he means forgiving himself for something he did to somebody else. So Jack insults me and then apologizes and I forgive Jack, then why would Jack forgive Jack when Jack didn't insult Jack? That's how forgiveness works. And that's what I mean when I say it would be intrinsically confusing. It breaks down the clear categories of what forgiveness really is about. It starts to muddy the waters of what forgiveness really is. A wronged person forgiving a person who wronged him, not a a wronging person forgiving a wronging person. That doesn't make sense. But those who use this 
confusing way of talking are really dealing with something real. <laughs> They're trying to get at something, right? Uh, and what is that? Well, when I search biblically to try to find where's a biblical paradigm to deal with what these folks, I think, are really trying to deal with, the closest I can find is 2 Corinthians 7, 8 to 10. So Paul has uh, found the Corinthians at fault. They've sinned, and he's written a tough letter to call them out on it and to summon their repentance, and they do repent, and he's clearly forgiven them, that he's not holding it against them. And here's what he writes. Even if I made you grieve with my letter, so he, he stung them with his, his rebuke. I made you grieve with my letter. I do not regret it. I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. So in other words, they saw their wrong, they apologized to the appropriate person, they received forgiveness. Then he goes on, for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief, remorse, sorrow for something you've done, godly grief, produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Ponder what Paul means by godly grief and worldly grief, the one leading to repentance and life and the other leading to death. I think this is very close to what people are dealing with when they speak of the need to forgive themselves. They mean they need to move through worldly grief over sin to godly grief over sin and beyond into life and freedom. And the difference is a grief that leads out of death-giving self-condemnation to life-giving acceptance of God's, and in this case, Paul's, no condemnation. The biblical way out of death with this so-called self-forgiveness is to humble ourselves and admit we have no right to take the role of judge and pronounce the death sentence on ourselves. That's pride, to think that we can hear God's verdict of not guilty or our friend's verdict of not guilty, that is, I forgive you, and refuse it, we refuse it and set ourselves up as the new judge and pronounce a death sentence over ourselves. The, the biblical problem with that is not a failure of self-forgiveness. That's not a biblical category. It's an arrogant failure to trust in the free verdict of God. No condemnation. So my closing word is let's humble ourselves and step down off the judge's seat and let God be God in his pronouncement of no condemnation. Amen. That's a great word, Pastor. Wow. <laughs> I mean, do we need to say anything after <laughs> like I, that? Let God be God. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> I mean, there you go. In the podcast. Yeah. Jeremy, have you heard that? No, just in, yeah. in, in, in counseling. Counseling at all. Yeah. People coming to me, seeing if I can help them forgive themselves. Right. Yes, I have seen that quite a bit. Absolutely. And having the opportunity to, to kind of like in the, in the same way that uh, Pastor uh, John Piper kind of speaks to in that video, but being able to help them realize that that's not a biblical category. Yes. 
Yes, and a, a passage that I will often point them to to help them adopt a more biblical approach to, to their own sin or however they, they've grieved someone else is the passage in Romans chapter 7. Mm. And I'm, I'm not claiming here that this is Paul writing prior to conversion or after conversion. Uh, there's a lot of debate on that. But the model that's set forth is good if it's your first time coming to the Lord in, for salvation or if you're a Christian wrestling with sin in your own life. And you'll see he sets up a great model, and it's anything but self-forgiveness. Romans chapter 7, ver- starting in verse, uh, verse 19, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I want, do not want, it is no longer I who does it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. There's a wrestling match going on in Paul. I'm sure I know as a Christian, I can definitely resonate with that that wrestling. And you'll see him, he moves into this, it tends to feel like a self-condemning place. Uh, In verse 24, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So he's wrestling with his his offenses and his sins. He's getting down on himself a bit, but he doesn't push towards a self-forgiveness model. He He runs towards a person. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And Piper mentioned this several times in the interview. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, yeah. so you have Paul there wrestling with something that's making him feel very uncomfortable. What a wretched man that I am. He's wrestling there. But the answer to who's going to save me from this body of death is a person, Christ Jesus. That's great. And what's really even greater about that is the reality that you can't forgive yourself in that. Like that, Correct. the way that he would write that, that would sound completely different. Absolutely. In him writing that, it, it's implying that I like it's not within me to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Like I can acknowledge what's at what's in me, yes. what's at work in me, but I don't have the power to alleviate or to remove. That's right. I am not. There's no way that I can uh, forgive myself where I can be the victim and the offender. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am the offender. Yes. In all cases. And who am I offending? Even when there's not another person, you know, horizontally speaking, a victim, you know, we're, we're always offending God when it yes. comes to sin. Yes. And there may not even be people involved. And so just realizing that, yeah, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that free verdict, which Piper put so beautifully. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I think, though, you know, just I'm not sure you know, those who are listening here, you know, where they're at in their counseling or in, in their thoughts on this, because I can see how the world can take this yeah. terminology and use it to make sense, you know, where if I, you know, was in a car accident and I killed someone, you know, it would be hard for me to let go of that, realizing that maybe the family has forgiven me, but it, in a worldly context, it makes sense like where there, where someone's mind would go, but I can't forgive myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the terminology, it's like we need a word replacement for it because I, I, I see how the world is saying that and where self-forgiveness has become a popular term. 
But when you then look from a biblical perspective of what forgiveness really, what what forgive really means, right? That it's an offense of the offender, then it doesn't make sense. So let me just kind of add a different, you know, a mindset over here. What would we say to that person, you know, who's then saying, you know, they're carrying that guilt? I think that's where John was going with the whole, you know, godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where he was. That's where he was definitely going. And, and so then I think that's where the Gospel Coalition article comes in. That's really good, where Robert Jones gives kind of four points on that. Yeah, and the um, just for the record, and it'll be in the show notes as well. But it's uh, it was written by Justin Taylor uh, back in uh, November actually November 9th of 2011. So a pretty old article. Uh, so this, this whole idea, uh, has been around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's, uh, it's, and an then article. he reverences, you know, Robert Jones's book on that. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a little pamphlet, if you will. Uh, I just can't, I just can't yeah. forgive myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's really what, uh, Justin is drawing from in these four, um, really examples of, when people make the statement and kind of to Piper's point, and then what's happening with godly grief versus worldly grief, that's what he's getting into. There, there really is something going on with this individual that they're working through. It's just oftentimes because we don't, most people don't have biblical categories for things, right? They have worldly categories for things and, you know, thinking and believing that they possess the power to like, like, I just got to let this go. Like how, how in the world can I alleviate this guilt and shame? like to your example with the accident, which I think is actually in the article. Yeah, so one of the points that says, you know, a person might say I can't just forgive myself may simply be expressing an inability or unwillingness to grasp and receive God's forgiveness. Yeah. So I think that's what we would receive kind of more in the counseling context where someone's, you know, not maybe receiving God's forgiveness, realizing that, yes, you did make a mistake. You are carrying that on. But how are we receiving God's grace? And, and let me add just a, a little caveat yeah. to the example of yeah. killing someone in a car accident. Let's say that's a drunk driver. Right. And let's say that that person is a Christian. Right. And they've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to grapple. And I can understand that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the profound lifelong struggle that that's going to create mm-hmm. in them potentially. Um, so grasping for some relief through something like self-forgiveness is understandable. Um, but what's but it, a better term? Well, it's yeah. important... Here, I think here's the here is here are a couple of terms that fit. I don't know if they're the terms that would replace, but really digging in and gra- grasping a comprehensive understanding of God's grace mm-hmm. and His mercy, as well as the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very powerful to be able through a process of counseling to look at a guy like that who has committed a horrific uh, act and to be able to weave this idea into their hearts that hey you have someone because you're a Christian you have someone that died on a cross and he bore the full wrath of this sin and mistake for you so that you never will receive the wrath of God for what you've done there needs to be repentance there needs to be grief there's a long road ahead of you and maybe even others that have that are a part of this as far as the victims but the starting point of healing is to understand the wrath that you deserve for this has already been taken care of on the cross mm-hmm. and in replacement of that even as you have committed this atro- atrocious sin 
you stand as righteous in the, in the eyes of God. And uh, not doing that in a flippant way, not doing that in a way that would minimize the gravity of what's happened, but I think people, the, the antidote is not self-forgiveness. It's receiving the full mercy and grace that has already been provided for them. Right. So it's, it's not this idea of self-forgiveness. It's embracing God's grace. And worshiping God for being unbelievably merciful mm-hmm. when we did not deserve that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, oftentimes, you know, just in kind of informal moments where I've had conversations with people, not necessarily in the counseling room, but just people that I've had, men that I've had discussions with, where they're talking about things that they've done and they are grappling with that very idea. Like, I know God forgives me, but I can't, I can't get, yeah, like I can't get past it. Like, why would he forgive what I've done? I feel like I'm getting off too easy. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and that statement alone, uh, reflects the arrogance that John Piper was talking about, right. that somehow he thinks he's a more just judge than the God of the universe. Yeah, I'm going to dis- I'm gonna dismiss that verdict, and yes. I'm going to staple in my verdict, and, uh, and I'm going to judge myself, and I'm putting myself in, in prison yes. instead of resting in God's grace. And it's almost, and I think that's the part in 2 Corinthians where this idea of Godly grief produces repentance, which right. at that point, at that point, that person is not acknowledging the repentance necessary to mm-hmm. rest in that grace. That's right. You but know? then, it, but then on the flip side, it's like I I hear you, and I'm thinking of that person, and so even in the resting in their grace and they're moving on, do you not even think to an extent that would even create guilt? Like how, I just killed someone, how can I move on with my life? Mm-hmm. And then even like claiming that grace, right, or whatever, and walking in the freedom of that can almost create guilt. Sure. Do you not use what I'm yeah, saying? No, There's I so do. many things from a counseling context to wrestle here well, I think and trying a, to figure out the great terminology in that. I think King David's a great case yeah. study with that example where, you know, Nathan goes to him, confronts him of his sin. Uh, God tells David specifically in Second Samuel, I'm not, you know, you, you're not going to die, but mm-hmm. the sword will never leave your house. And what you've done in the dark, I will expose before your, before this entire nation. He didn't. He he wasn't wrestling with the idea of man. I just can't forgive myself. He rested. You look at the Psalms. You look at Psalms fifty one, and it's he understood it. Yes. And in that moment, realizing that his 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 pride in his sin and acknowledging who he had offended, that's what drew him into to rest in that grace. But to your point, Shauna, you know what wasn't penned in the Psalms. I could imagine there were days where David wrestled mm-hmm. with that because of the consequences and that's what should keep us humble. Yes. The consequences do render us humble. And that's, I think, I think that's the distinction yes. between a godly grief and a worldly grief because my humility should keep me walking in that fruit of repentance and acknowledging who God is as much as I possibly can so that I don't sin against him. Like David wrote in the Psalms, mm-hmm. hide your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Yes. Yeah. And l- l- I want to add something. Um, when I began my PhD dissertation, the topic that I initially chose was forgiveness. Mm. And I found some interesting things as I was doing the literature review. I did the whole literature review before I changed my topic. Um, very interesting in the realm of psychology for many, many, many years, decades, the construct of forgiveness was not allowed in the top tier professional journals to be researched 
because it had religious connotations. Yeah, I remember you mm-hmm. brought that up in one of our previous episodes. And so they came up with their own form of forgiveness, and all pretty much all of the main models except for one are very uh, emotively, emotionally oriented. And so they define forgiveness as when I no longer feel guilt mm. or I no longer feel a negative opinion towards another person who's offended me. But as far as this self-forgiveness that I now no longer wrestle with a sense of guilt or I now no longer wrestle with a sense of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can say to myself, okay, I've reached self-forgiveness when I no longer have those emotions. Right. Which is really, uh, in, a, in a big way, almost inhuman. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can't imagine that drunk driver not having to wrestle with that potentially for the rest of his life. But it's not, so what we're offering is not emotionally based. If a person feels guilt, that's a time for faith. Mm-hmm. That's a time to re, uh, recenter my mind around my only hope, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that in, in some way, uh, the guilt can be a very powerful reminder in my walk of sanctification mm. that I need Christ. Yeah, and maybe I am moving into this more prideful place where I'm forgetting what I need to forget, and the Holy Spirit might prick my conscience with a little, a little sense of conviction for what's been, what's happened. But it's not self-talk so that I feel better. It's that's my time to run to the throne of grace. And once again, because of a sin five years ago, I'm running and worshiping my Redeemer. Mm-hmm. So, so like, I'm listening to that, and I'm reminded of when I, when I was 17, I got hit by a drunk driver walking down the side of the road. Mm. In this particular scenario, I was the victim. Mm. He was the offender. And long story short, when it got down to, you know, finishing up everything because he came back and, you know, I remember realizing in this moment as as the victim looking on, okay, there was already a criminal case, but I could have, I could have pursued him, you know, in civil court. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember thinking and my thought process was I'm good. As long as my, my hospital bills are paid and everything's great. Like I can't imagine living with that on my conscience, knowing that I hit mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. And what's interesting sitting here, just listening in, you know, obviously in this discussion is back then, I just think that's a human way of thinking. Like it, sitting down and, and looking at self-forgiveness where in that moment, me as the victim looking at my offender thinking, man, there's no way that I like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything else, bring anything else upon him because I can't even imagine living mm. with that on my conscience. Yeah. Knowing that I've done that to somebody else. Yes. And really what I was, what I was wrestling with or thinking through was really this idea of forgiving. Like he's going to have to wrestle with that for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the fact that, you know, 17 years old. So I, I think there's this endowment within human nature to kind of wrestle with this idea of like the self, like yes. how, like somehow we do have the power, the ability to, to forgive us. We just don't, we don't have a biblical category for it. Yes. That's what's beautiful about scripture. Yeah. Well, when this question came from a listener, I mean, I, I definitely, when I started thinking about it going, you know, I'm quick to to address that type of thing in, in meeting them where they're thinking they need to forgive themselves. And it's, it's almost like as we forgive someone else, we have to forgive ourselves and moving forward and pass the guilt and the shame. So it's almost letting it go. But 
in doing the research and reading on this a little bit more, I, I, it was, it was really exciting for that question to come in for me to grow in a way of saying, we've got to claim the terminology because when we say these things in this way, it's saying it's communicating some false truth about who Christ is. Right. So we've got to take ownership of that as a counselor and we might have to spend a, a lot more time and a few more sessions to go more in depth of describing what true for what forgiveness really looks like. And then yes, you are wrestling with grieving certain things mm-hmm. or maybe guilt and shame and, and maybe worldly slash, you know, sorrow, like, like the, like John Piper had mentioned in, in, in his audio but how do we how do we then counsel on that and that way we're counseling intentionally and specifically to the for the truth of scripture and then taking back what the word you know what the terminology should be and so my takeaway after our podcast today and listening to what you guys are saying is now me as a counselor saying it's it's about walking in god's grace and allowing these things to give us a humility to um, really, you know, go to the Lord in gratitude for like what Jeremy just said, like that Christ truly paid for that. Like that's a, that's a big deal. And realizing in those moments when I have that feeling, right, Mm -hmm. that you said, it's when I go to the Lord and it's part of my growth and sanctification process. And I think that will be very, um, hopefully freeing and uh, exciting for us to have the opportunity to walk with others in that way and communicate well to make sure it's not just lightly thrown away from a feeling of self-forgiveness. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and if you look at the the language in the the passage that Piper read in uh, second Corinthians, Mm -hmm. it's the objective, unlike modern day psychotherapy, uh, the objective, as far as the grief, which is a, an uncomfortable mm-hmm. emotion, the objective was not to alleviate the grief. The objective was that that godly grief would produce something mm-hmm. beautiful in the person, such as uh, an eagerness to clear yourself, indignation, fear, longing, zeal, um, and just an effort to change your life. So it's not about getting rid of those negative emotions. It's about, okay, God wants to use this heaviness in my soul, this sorrow, to produce his glorious purposes in my heart and in my life. Think about that. Ver- well, you're obviously thinking about that. But <laughs> <laughs> but just realizing in that moment, we're not looking at pain and suffering or grief as a means that God would use to produce something in us, to reveal something more of himself in us. Right so that we glorify him more and we're more satisfied in mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Sorry, sound sound like Piper there, but yeah. that's right. You can sound like Piper anytime you want. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I love his she voice. She just get diva on the I microphone. Love what John happened? Piper. I love you, John Piper. If you ever happen to listen to this, oh my gosh, please invite me over for dinner. So um, anyways, that is enough for today, but we hope, oh wait, Jeremy has one more thing. I, I just okay. want to say one thing yeah. very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause you love John Piper too. I love John okay. Piper. We talk about, you know, the example we brought up was a very tough example, drunk driver killing another person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to say anyone out there mm-hmm. that's a vic- on the victim side of that, uh, we would have a very different conversation right. with right. you because the heaviness and the sorrow and the struggle that you have, I can't even imagine. So I don't want to flippantly say we are speaking the gospel to this offender without giving great thought on how would we minister with great mercy 
uh, and and thoughtfulness to the one who's been a victim of something like this. Yeah, for sure. Well, we hope that this conversation has um, just stirred a desire in you to research more. Um, We will have in the show notes the website for the Gospel Coalition and Desiring God, John Piper's audio. But continue to research this and go to the scripture that we referenced to uh, claim and reclaim what are we communicating to our counselees on forgiving, not forgiving themselves. Yes, yes. Until then, speak the truth.